Finnovate showcases cutting-edge banking and financial technology through a global conference series featuring short-form demos and thought leadership. Now, the conversation continues on the Finnovate podcast. Hi, and welcome to the Finnovate podcast. We are continuing our discussions with the Finnovate Europe Best of Show winners. And joining me today, we have Irfan Khan and James Goodwin of MMOB. You can find their video of their demo up on stage in London at finnovate.com. But for now, I'd like to just welcome you both to the show. Irfan, James, thanks for joining me. Thanks, Greg. Thanks for having us. Yeah, great to be here. Excellent. So uh, to kick things off, for people who haven't seen your demo video, can you give us just a quick high-level overview of what MMOB is all about? Sure, Greg. Um, so MMOB delivers embedded finance technology. Um, now, for many of your listeners that probably know what embedded finance is broadly, um, but effectively what MMOB does is it solves the pain points on two sides of an ecosystem. So on one side for third-party product providers and service providers, um, we integrate all of their products and services onto our network. And then we also make that seamlessly accessible through to larger distribution channels. So their products and services can be integrated natively. Yeah, it's a really cool video. And I highly encourage anybody to watch that seven minutes because it, they really do a good job of explaining it during that. But um, before we get too far, let's start with a definition, because I think the phrase embedded finance is one that means different things to different people. Obviously, it's a big part of your value prop. Um, can you tell us exactly what that phrase means to you? Absolutely. Yeah, sure. I can give um, what I see as a definition of embedded finance. So for us, embedded finance is the native integration of third-party products and services that can be natively integrated into any distribution channel. And um, so that's not to be conflated with uh, payments, which is embedded payments. Um, embedded finance would cover off various different verticals. So payments would just be one of those um, verticals. Yeah, no, it's interesting. I mean, we had an embedded finance awards category for the Finnovate Awards last year, and we we're sort of looking at that, trying to think, how do we define this? How do we actually put together one set of rules? But I think yours makes sense. And I like the distinction between embedded payments, um, which obviously is a subset of embedded finance. Um, so, you know, one of the things that I think worked really well for your demo this time on stage um, is the idea, and you kind of touched on this already, that you have a very compelling message for both sides of the fintech ecosystem. There's kind of the bankers and the innovators who both have something to, to benefit. Um, what was the response like at Finnovate Europe? Did either of those two groups surprise you? You know, Was it a, a pretty even split or was one side kind of more interested in connecting with you than the other? Um, so I think maybe if I just cover off um, part of that question. So some of the feedback and post Finnovate, um, there was a substantial amount of uh, engagement, obviously, from the VC community, which paid a lot of interest. And obviously, embedded finance is quite a hot topic at the moment. So I've largely been dealing um, with um, the that as a subsequent from Finnovate. Um, but James, alongside me, has been dealing with uh, many of the outreach parts partners that have been coming through to us. I'll just hand over to him to cover that. Yeah, no, sure. I, I think kind of no real surprise there, but I think kind of the interesting takeaway is just being kind of such demand really from both sides, not necessarily always to kind of be the host of embedded finance, but really uh, seeing embedded finance as a scalable way uh, for customer acquisition. I, th I think for too long, the industry has been played by there's lack of scalable partnerships where each time there's a bespoke integration, it's kind of listed for costs and kind of painful timelines. 
but we've seen a real interest really across the board and across different verticals for that access, uh, particularly with the advent of kind of cloud computing and new business models that are really making this possible. Yeah, certainly. I mean, the pain point is real on both sides. Um, you know, as a follow-up, are there one or two areas that you see kind of banks looking at as a first step when they kind of hear about the technology that you offer? Are there, you know, one or two areas that they're sort of immediately drawn to as the first potential use case they're interested in? Yeah, that's quite interesting. And it really, um, the first qualification criteria um, really with their financial institutes is what's their brand equity. So depending on their brand equity, they might have a certain thesis of where they want to extend their core product proposition to provide complementary products. Um, in the main, many of them are looking around the credit and the lending space. But what's increasingly interesting is those um, digital institutes and digital brands that have much more maturity in their tech stack and their engagement with their consumers are looking to offer other complementary products and services as a call to action. So they may be putting a button right next to their transaction data where you may see someone's um, direct debit for um, a broadband or utility payment or their certain savings pot, and then having an onward journey right next to it. And, And that for me is the natural evolution of where embedded finance is going, is making that more and more customizable and accessible to the end user. Um, So a lot of it at the moment really depends on that level of sophistication um, and also about the different verticals they do want to go into. But complementary at the moment, there tends to be more of a leaning towards the credit and the lending space. Yeah, I mean, I suppose that's not a surprise. Those are two of the kind of major profit centers for most financial institutions. So that's going to be the area that's going to immediately attract the attention. Um, you know, on the flip side, you kind of touched on this a little bit in your introduction, but there's obviously a big value proposition for the fintech community as well. Can you just talk a little bit about why uh, or, or where that value proposition comes from and how exactly you guys are generating interest on that side? Yeah, well, uh, much of it comes from the motivation of being uh, a fintech, uh, the second time fintech founder. And my first fintech was actually a B2C. And one of the key pain points for a B2C fintech and also a fintech that's dealing with the SME space is trying to get to critical mass and user base. The customer acquisition costs are um, quite extensive. So it's very difficult, even though the product proposition can be quite compelling. Um, and also have good margins. The challenge is really trying to develop a lot of critical mass. So for me, that was one of the key areas I wanted to address, which is how could we provide these great innovative products and, and show and demonstrate their native integration into larger distribution channels. So with the proposition of embedded finance and what we're creating at MMOB, we're able to start onboarding and embedding these third-party product providers without a cost to them. Now, that's compelling. So that's effectively giving them access to a new distribution channel without a technology overhead and creating a new line of revenue. So it's a bit of a no-brainer for our third-party product providers to come on and want to be part of the ecosystem. Um, And what that allows us to do is then effectively use a bit more of a network effect because the more products and services we have on on there, it complements also to our clients and then the more clients that are joining and effectively larger and larger distribution channels. So it's a win-win for both sides of the ecosystem. Yeah, and I think ultimately the, com- the, the consumers are the ones who uh, benefit as well because they're the ones who now have this kind of universe of products available to them. So this seems like one of those uh, rare instances where kind of everybody benefits at once, which is, again, why I think it was so popular with the Finnovate audience and why I'm sure you're getting some good traction from the venture capital community as well. Um, 
So, you know, one of the things which we've kind of touched on again a little bit, but I just want to dig into some more, you know, there are quite a few different types of fintech solutions that you're able to integrate under the platform. Um, obviously, you know, there's some that are going to be more appealing based on where the banks are and their kind of developmental cycles and how far down this uh, embracing of fintech they've, they've gone. But um, at some point, is there a limit? to what you think MMOB can can help with or we really is the only limit really just kind of what people can imagine what innovators and banks can imagine as potential pieces to offer to their customers so uh, i think the ultimate boundaries really exist as to what are the new end-to-end product propositions that are being created across the fintech ecosystem so within MMOB, we have six different verticals, um, which cover verticals from credit, um, insurance, lifestyle, utilities. Um, there's a series of different verticals, which typically covers most of the fintech ecosystem. So in terms of the boundaries of what those product propositions could be through to an end consumer level, um, that's effectively boundless, but there's naturally going to be limitations. So from a technology perspective, there's going to be limitations. There's, there's a particular taxonomy in terms of how far the maturity curve you can go in terms of embedded tech. Um, so and what we've developed over the last few years is we've created effectively this taxonomy where you can have very basic integrations, which kind of just extend on from affiliate journeys, but natively being integrated within the, within the distribution partner to then having access to um, browsing products and services, to getting quotes, to the final end state, which is actually being able to purchase that product all natively integrated within the actual dig digital distribution channel. Now that's end-to-end -end embedded finance, but I think it's good for the audience to know that there's natural steps. Not everybody can offer the API structures as third-party product providers to have all of their tech be natively integrated. And it, there's, there's a natural maturity that they need to go through. Um, and so the way that we've developed our technology, we can actually start to onboard these different third parties and take them through that natural maturity um, and start to give them access to embedded um, services. There's a couple of other boundaries as well that really exist around uh, data and regulation. Now, regulation is the typical um, factor which could affect the types of integrations you can do. So naturally, there's certain user journeys that you can't do unless you have certain regulatory permissions. So again, there's certain um, boundaries that are around there. And then there's also around data and the data provisioning and sharing and the efficacy of data sharing as well. So again, that's another natural limitation. So from a technology perspective, Greg, the answer is no, not really. There isn't really a, a boundary at the moment, but there's naturally at this moment in time, as we start to evolve, there will be limitations of what you can and can't do in use cases because of regulation and data. But those will start to be... Um, pressed more and more over time. So we'll start to see more um, elaborate use cases for end users and more and more of it will become more and more seamless for the end user. I think that's really interesting. I mean, and obviously I think companies like yours are going to be a big part of sort of pushing the industry to bring some of those pieces, which maybe are on the outside of what's uh, theoretically possible right now into um, things which are going to become commonplace over the next couple of years. And I think this kind of pressure uh, is really good for the industry as a whole, because on the one hand, you have this kind of increased competition where you've got fintechs who sort of need to get themselves to a certain level to be able to really engage. And then you have banks who are going to start competing with themselves more and more 
more and being able to offer this kind of excellent customer experience, um, which I think is going to be really good ultimately for the health of our industry long term. Which kind of brings me to the last question. You know, so if we uh, zoom way out here, kind of getting away from your own company specifically and just looking at the future of financial services, in your view, what does that future look like? And I guess maybe there's another question, which is, is, uh, is there a difference between how you think that future should look and how it will end up looking? I think um, there's going to be a natural evolution um, of embedded finance. Just as we've seen over the last few years, banking as a service evolve and start to become far more um, mainstreamly adopted, I think we will see, see the natural evolution of embedded finance as a service. All financial institutes will have a digital agenda um, of which they will try and do beyond their current core proposition. So what is it that we can provide as complementary products and services through some kind of an embedded uh, technology strategy? And I believe that will form embedded finance as a service. So I think that's an inevitability um, going forward. Um, how it actually transpires, I think, largely depends on the handling and the efficacy of data. Um, so there's a key role to play and that's going to be defined by the contributors at the early stages. And this we've seen this across the fintech ecosystem whenever something new has been created, whether it's in crypto, whether it was in peer-to-peer, -peer, whether it was in BAS, where there's an absence of um, core regulations or controls, there needs to be sort of a, a very um, well-thought-through development of how you go about using certain data the consent management tools that need to be um, built and what needs to be developed. So those are going to be critical components. So depending on how that plays out, that will have a significant bearing as to where we will end up with on embedded finance as a service. Yeah, no, I mean, I think it's obviously uh, there's still many number of factors that that go into it, and you know, it's going to be really fascinating to watch this space and to see you know how this changes the game because obviously there are a lot of pain points when it comes to banks engaging with new technologies. There's a lot of a uh, high degree of cost and risk associated in some cases, depending on the technology they're embracing. Um, at the same time, you know, you kind of touched on one of these key challenges from the fintech founder standpoint, which is how do I scale up? How do I get the technology as amazing as it may be? If you can't get it in front of somebody else, it's not going to ultimately make that big of a difference. So um, you know, as they say, watch this space because it's going to get very interesting over the next couple of years. Um, again, I've been talking with MMOB. They are one of our best of show winners from Finnovate Europe 2022. Uh, you can find their video online at finnovate.com. I highly recommend that you take a look. It really is an interesting seven minutes and uh, you can really see exactly how it all works when you get that live demo. So um, I've been talking with Irfan and James. Thank you both so much for joining me today. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having us, Craig. Great. Thanks a lot. The Finnovate podcast is produced by Informa Connect in association with Provoke.fm Media. Check out Finnovate.com for information on Finnovate's upcoming shows and to learn how you can get involved. The discount code Finnovate Podcast will save you 20% on tickets to all of our events. And you can email us at info at for information on sponsoring, speaking, or demoing. Thanks for listening.